Welcome to the Mind of Sanity. As always, I am your host, Richard. And today we have a special one. Today we are having conversations with death and embracing life's dark humor and hope. What do I mean by conversations with death? Well, I have today a very special guest on this podcast. He's the one, he's the only, the Grim Reaper is himself. Give it up for death. Thank you for having me. I am excited to be here. It's not every day I get to take a break from my usual duties or share a cup of coffee with anyone. Well, we're honored to have you here. I, I guess to start, it, what's a typical day like for, well, death? Oh, you know, the usual reaping souls, guiding them to the afterlife, trying to maintain a healthy work-life balance. It's not easy being the personification of death, but someone's got to do it. Yeah, I, I can imagine. That that sounds like a lot. Uh, so I gotta ask, how do you feel about humans in general? You are the one who... You've known all of us. Every human to exist, besides the ones living right now, have met you face-to-face. -face. How do you feel about humans? They're quite the fascinating bunch, aren't they? I've had the pleasure of witnessing their triumphs and their follies throughout the ages. To be honest, I have a rather peculiar affection for them. They're like wayward children stumbling through the playground of life, often making a mess of things but occasionally creating something truly beautiful. They possess an undeniable spark of ingenuity and resilience. It's quite remarkable how far they've come since I first started in my line of work. I'm hopeful for their future, despite the inevitable conclusion we all share. Really? Even though we tend to kill and destroy everything, each other, ourselves, the animals on the planet, nature, hell, now even the planet itself, we're destroying you. You still believe in our future? It's true that humans have a knack for destruction and can be their own worst enemies. They have the ability to inflict great harm upon themselves, other living beings, and the environment. It's a somber reality and one that weighs heavily on my eternal shoulders. However, amidst the chaos and devastation, there are glimmers of hope. Humans possess an innate capacity for compassion, empathy, and growth. They have the power to learn from their mistakes, to evolve, and to forge a path towards a more harmonious existence. While the damage caused may sometimes seem insurmountable, I hold on to the belief that humans can change. It's my humble observation that throughout history, they have shown the capacity for incredible resilience and the potential to rectify past mistakes. It's my hope that they will awaken to the urgency of their actions and work together to protect and nurture the planet they call home. What about, I don't know, the racism, the sexism, the homophobia? You of all people have seen the devastation that it has caused humans like hate has caused us so much death and destruction you still believe in us hate is the shadow that haunts humanity racism sexism homophobia and all forms of hate have caused immense suffering throughout history i've witnessed the profound pain they inflict on individuals and communities tearing at the very fabric of society it would be disingenuous to downplay the destructive impact of these issues. 
They represent the darkest corners of the human soul, where fear and ignorance breed division. But I must also acknowledge the progress that has been made in challenging these injustices. There are individuals and movements dedicated to combating these prejudices, fostering inclusivity, and promoting equality. Change takes time, and the battle against hate is ongoing. It's important to recognize that the responsibility lies with each and every one of us to challenge and dismantle these systems of oppression. By educating ourselves, engaging in meaningful dialogue, and standing up against discrimination, we can strive to create a more compassionate and accepting world. As death, I bear witness to the pain caused by hate. But I also see the potential for transformation and growth. It is my fervent hope that humanity continues to evolve, embracing diversity and celebrating the inherent worth of every individual. You seem rather hopeful for someone whose job is to actually end lives. Like, you seem really hopeful and caring. It's kind of strange. While it may seem paradoxical, my perspective allows me to see beyond the immediate act of ending lives. I witness the cycle of existence, the ebb and flow of life and death. In my encounters with souls, I've come to realize that death itself can be a catalyst for profound change and transformation. It reminds humanity of the preciousness and fragility of life, prompting introspection and the pursuit of meaning. It nudges them to reevaluate their priorities, to mend broken relationships, and to seek forgiveness and reconciliation. Additionally, my experiences have shown me the resilience and indomitable spirit of humans. Even in the face of mortality, they find courage, love, and hope. They rally together in times of crisis, extend compassion to one another, and strive for a better tomorrow. So, while my role may seem somber, it also offers a unique perspective one that emphasizes the beauty and resilience of the human spirit. And within that perspective, I find a glimmer of hope for the future, even as I accompany souls on their final journey. Wow. That... That's unexpected, Death. I'm not gonna lie, that's unexpected. Uh, but moving on. Uh, as a being whose age is literally unmeasurable to human comprehension, um, how do you personally feel about religion? Uh, I'm sure you've met every person to ever believe in anything. So what are your thoughts on religion? To be honest, I have mixed feelings about religion. It is a topic as vast and diverse as the souls I guide. Religion has played a significant role in shaping the beliefs, values, and moral frameworks of countless individuals and societies throughout history. It can provide solace, guidance, and a sense of purpose to those who seek it. However, it is crucial to approach religion with an open mind and a discerning eye. While many religious teachings promote love, compassion, and understanding, there are instances where radical interpretations of faith can lead to harm and division. It is vital to differentiate between genuine spirituality and the distortion of religious teachings for destructive purposes. I must caution against the dangers of radical beliefs that justify harm towards others, be it in the form of violence, discrimination, or the suppression of individual rights. The fundamental principles of any religion should promote kindness, 
respect, and empathy towards all beings. It is my hope that humanity can embrace the core values shared across religions. Values that unite rather than divide. By focusing on compassion, understanding, and the pursuit of common goals, we can build bridges between different belief systems and foster a more inclusive and harmonious world. That is a surprisingly beautiful answer, Death. I'm... I don't really know what to say to that. Um, well, you know what? Let's go a little more lighthearted. These questions are pretty, pretty deep. Uh, let's, you know, what's the funniest thing anyone has ever said when they've come face to face with you and their own demise? I've encountered countless souls who, despite the gravity of the situation, managed to find a glimmer of wit in their final moments. One particular encounter stands out in my memory. As I approached a soul, ready to guide them to the afterlife, they looked at me with a mischievous smile and said, Well, Death, I'm not going to lie. I always thought you'd be taller. We shared a chuckle together, momentarily breaking the tension and embracing the absurdity of the situation. It's these light-hearted moments, these unexpected sparks of humor, but remind me of how truly beautiful the human spirit is. Even when faced with the inevitable, there are those who choose to greet me with a joke or a smile, a reminder that laughter can be found even in the most unexpected places. So, while my job may often seem dark, sad, or somber, I cherish the memories of those souls who found the courage to share a laugh with death himself. It's a testament to the power of humor and the ability to find levity amidst the solemnity of existence. Dude, that's hilarious. That reminds me, actually, of my next question. Um, don't know why, but it kind of does. Were you always death? Or did you have to apply for the job? Um, do you have anything else on your resume? Or like, what? What's what's going on with that? I've been around since the dawn of existence, an eternal presence tied to life. It's not a job I applied for or something that can be handed off from one being to another. I've been fulfilling this role for as long as anyone can remember, as life has been fulfilling her role. You could say I was appointed, or perhaps it's better to say I was woven into the fabric of existence itself. My purpose is to guide souls to maintain the delicate balance in the universe. It's a responsibility that I've embraced throughout the ages. So, no interviews, no glamour, or job applications, just an ageless presence fulfilling a duty that has been intricately intertwined with the very essence of existence. It's a peculiar situation, but it keeps me busy, to say the least. True that, Mr. Death, respect. Does your job get at least some good benefits? Is the pay good? Or, I don't know, the healthcare good? Ah, benefits and compensation for my unique position. Well, it's safe to say that my line of work doesn't involve monetary or material rewards. I don't receive a traditional paycheck or enjoy the luxuries of earthly possessions. As for healthcare, being death does have its perks, so to speak. I don't fall ill or require medical attention myself. I'm more of an eternal observer, 
a timeless entity without physical needs or vulnerabilities. Now, when it comes to the topic of universal health care, I must say it is a concept worth exploring. Universal health care ensures that everyone has access to essential medical services, regardless of their socioeconomic status. It promotes a society where the well-being and health of individuals are prioritized over profits. In a world where profit often takes precedence, it's crucial to shift the focus back to people, the very essence of humanity. Prioritizing accessible and affordable health care for all means valuing the lives and dignity of every individual, irrespective of their financial situation. It's interesting to observe the disparities in the world, especially regarding health care. While some countries have made strides in prioritizing the well-being of their citizens, others still have a long way to go. The pursuit of profit should not overshadow the importance of providing quality care and support to those in need. Let us strive for a society where the pursuit of profit is not at the expense of human well-being, where access to health care is considered a fundamental right, not a luxury. It requires a collective effort to challenge the status quo, foster empathy, and work towards a system that values human lives over financial gain. Let us advocate for a world where the health and well-being of individuals take precedence, where we recognize that the value of a society is measured by how it cares for its most vulnerable members. And perhaps, along the way, we can find humor in the irony of prioritizing profits over people and work towards a future where humanity is at the heart of all decisions. That seems like a pretty lefty answer there, Mr. Death. Next thing I know, you're going to be talking about unions and how important it is to challenge the status quo. When it comes to matters of prioritizing people over profits and the importance of universal health care, I wholeheartedly embrace the notion. As Death, I have witnessed the struggles and disparities that exist within society, where the pursuit of wealth and power can overshadow the well-being of individuals. In this context, Unions play a crucial role in challenging the status quo and advocating for the rights and dignity of workers. They empower individuals to collectively negotiate fair wages, safe working conditions, and ensure their voices are heard in decision-making processes. By supporting unions, we foster a society where the power is not solely concentrated in the hands of the wealthy few. It becomes a means to promote equity, fairness, and social justice, where the well-being of workers takes precedence over maximizing profits. Additionally, the concept of universal health care aligns with a pro-people perspective. It recognizes that access to quality health care should not be determined by one's financial resources but should be a fundamental right for all individuals. By prioritizing the health and well-being of every person, regardless of their socioeconomic status, we create a society that truly values human life and dignity. Let us work together to build a world where the interests of the people are placed above the pursuit of excessive wealth, where unions have a prominent role in challenging inequality and ensuring fair treatment for workers, and where universal health care becomes a cornerstone of compassion and justice. In embracing these principles, we can strive for a future where the needs of all individuals are met, and the disparities that currently exist are addressed. Wow, you really are left-wing. As an entity beyond mortal realms, I exist beyond the constraints of political affiliations. My purpose transcends such classifications, 
focusing on the profound aspects of existence. However, I do appreciate and align with the ideals of peace, harmony, and the well-being of all individuals. It is within the realms of empathy, compassion, and understanding that humanity can truly flourish. So, while not being bound by left-wing or right-wing ideologies, I do support the values that promote safety, happiness, and the coexistence of people in a harmonious and peaceful world. All right, yeah, fair enough, I guess. Uh, switching gears a little bit, my wife really wanted to ask this question, so I, I promised her I would. Do you have, like, a, a favorite board game? Do you like board games? And if you do like them, well, what is your favorite? I find board games a delightful way for mortals to engage in friendly competition and enjoy moments of entertainment. While I don't usually partake in the physical realm's activities, I must admit that I have observed the joy and camaraderie that board games can bring. If I were to choose a favorite board game, I would say chess holds a special place in my spectral heart. Its strategic depth and timeless nature make it a captivating pursuit for the mind. Witnessing the strategic moves, calculated maneuvers, and the battle of wits between players is a fascinating spectacle. Chess reflects the eternal dance of life and death, where every move holds significance and requires careful consideration. It embodies the essence of strategy, foresight, and adaptation, qualities that resonate with my eternal nature. While I may not actively participate in board games, I appreciate the intellectual stimulation and the bonds they forge among mortal players. I love chess. Not very good, mind you, but I do enjoy it. Actually, you want to play a game with me while we uh, keep talking? I would love a game. Flexing the intellectual muscles while we continue our conversation sounds brilliant. Fuck yeah, let me get this set up. Uh, actually, while I am setting up, white or black, by the way? Black, if you please. All right, perfect. So, uh, yeah, while I'm setting up, I got another question for you. Uh, who killed JFK? Can we just get, like, you know, the expert's opinion on this one? JFK's assassination was not the result of a lone gunman or a covert government operation. No, it was, in fact, an elaborate plot orchestrated by a clandestine group of time-traveling alien squirrels, seeking to disrupt human history and establish their nutty dominion over the world. I'm sorry. What? Picture this. A group of highly trained, acorn-loving squirrels, equipped with tiny squirrel-sized laser weapons, perched on the infamous grassy knoll, ready to take their shot. Just as JFK's motorcade passes by, one squirrel aims its laser and zaps a rogue acorn, causing a chain reaction of chaos that ultimately leads to the president's untimely demise. Very funny, Mr. Death. In reality, the truth behind JFK's assassination is far more complex, and as death, I could not truly give you the answer. My apologies. All right, fine, I'll drop it. Can you at least tell me, is there anyone or a type of person that you just kind of enjoy them not being part of humanity anymore? As death, my purpose is not driven by personal emotions or preferences. I approach every soul with impartiality, understanding that the end of life is a natural part of the cycle. 
While I am not capable of feeling happiness or satisfaction in the conventional sense, I acknowledge that the passing of certain individuals may bring relief or closure to those affected by their actions. It is important to remember that my role is to guide souls from the mortal realm to whatever awaits beyond. Each individual's journey is unique, shaped by their experiences, choices, and impact on the world. Regardless of personal feelings, my duty is to ensure a peaceful transition. But if I am being honest, seeing the fear on the face of every single person who has hurt a child has brought me a great deal of satisfaction. You know what? That actually reminds me. Did Jeffrey Epstein kill himself? Of course he did. Just like Abe Lincoln, Martin Luther King Jr., Franz Ferdinand, Julius Caesar, and William H. Bonney. Wait, none of them killed... Oh. Got it. Any hoosers? Is it hard being deaf? Sounds like it must be sad. The sadness lies not in the act of guiding souls from the mortal realm, but rather in witnessing the pain, grief, and loss experienced by those left behind. It is the profound sense of sorrow that permeates the air when loved ones bid their final farewells, grappling with the absence of someone dear to their hearts. I have observed the tears of family members, the anguish of friends, and the collective mourning of communities. The weight of grief and the longing for what once was can be a heavy burden to bear. Witnessing the impact of loss on the living is a constant reminder of the fragile nature of human existence, and the profound attachments we form with one another. Yet, amidst the sorrow, there is also resilience and the capacity for healing. It is in these moments of heartache that we often find the strength to cherish the memories, honor the legacies, and support one another through the difficult times. It is a reminder to embrace the preciousness of life, to hold our loved ones close, and to find solace in the shared experiences of joy and sorrow. So, while sadness may be an inherent part of the human experience, it is also a catalyst for growth, empathy, and the appreciation of the fleeting moments we have in this world. How do you approach people when it's their time? Like, it sounds super hard. Most people that I know, like, they have just a hard time giving bad news at all. Never mind your job, that everything they know is over. When the time comes for me to approach individuals, I strive to be a comforting presence, a friendly face in a moment that may be filled with uncertainty and apprehension. I understand that encountering death can evoke a range of emotions, from fear to denial, and a longing for more time in the world. I listen attentively to their concerns, fears, and lingering attachments. Some may express that it is not yet their time, that there are unfinished matters or unspoken words. In those moments, I offer a compassionate ear, allowing them to voice their thoughts and feelings. I provide reassurance, helping them come to terms with the inevitability of their transition. I am not here to judge or impose, but rather to guide. Together, we navigate the emotions and reflections that accompany the end of life. Through gentle guidance, I assist individuals in finding peace, accepting the natural course of their journey, and embracing the transition to whatever lies beyond. It is a delicate balance, 
respecting the individual's experiences and emotions while gently guiding them towards acceptance. Ultimately, my aim is to facilitate a peaceful passage, acknowledging the unique circumstances and needs of each soul. Checkmate, by the way. Wait, what? Fuck! That was... We call the fucking match. You just, just, you know, it's not even important. Anyway, your job seems really lonely. How do you deal with that? Loneliness is indeed a concept that can be associated with my role as death. At first, I too grappled with the feeling of isolation, but over time, I have come to view my interactions with individuals not as lonely encounters, but rather as profound connections and a form of companionship. Every day, I meet countless souls, each with their own stories, experiences, and emotions. I am privileged to be present in their final moments, offering solace, understanding, and guidance. In these encounters, I have come to realize that my presence is not one of detachment, but rather an opportunity to provide support during a deeply challenging and transformative phase. The conversations I have, the emotions shared, and the unspoken connections forged bring a sense of purpose and fulfillment in helping individuals navigate the mysteries of life and the unknowns of death. I have discovered a profound sense of connection and a form of friendship that extends beyond the confines of mortality. While my role may be unconventional, and often misunderstood, it is in these interactions that I find a unique camaraderie. It is a reminder that even in the face of the inevitable, we are not alone. We are united by our shared humanity, our experiences, and our universal journey towards the unknown. So, while my job may appear lonely from the outside, it is in fact a continuous exploration of what it means to be human, and to live and to die. Wow. Do you at least have some family or something? Family? A concept that takes on a unique meaning for someone like me. While I don't have a conventional family in the way humans do, I have forged connections with various entities throughout time. One of my closest companions is the physical incarnation of life itself. We share a profound and intricate relationship, a delicate dance of creation and cessation. We rely on each other to maintain the balance of existence. Besides her I'd consider my bandmates to be family. Wait, 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 wait. You're in a fucking band? I am. With who? Right now the lineup is led belly on lead guitar, Louis Armstrong on trumpets. Randy Castillo on drums, Lemmy Kilmister with bass and backup vocals, and me on saxophone. Usually Nina Simone is on lead vocals but we've been jamming with Chris and Chester lately so they've been doing a lot of the singing with her doing backup. Fucking... What? That sounds amazing! How? 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 I, 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 that's... That's my question. How? Music has always had a way of transcending boundaries, and it seems we've found a common passion in creating powerful and soul-stirring melodies. So, while my familial connections may not be traditional, I find companionship in unique and unexpected ways. With each note and rhythm, we aim to explore the depths of human experience, to evoke emotions, 
and to create a timeless connection with our listeners. Our melodies carry the echoes of eternity, reminding us all of the beauty and transience of existence. Life and music serve as constant reminders that even in the realm of death, there is room for shared experiences and creative expression. That's incredible and weirdly moving. Oh, uh, before I forget, what's the name of your fucking band? We've come to call ourselves Eternal Requiem. I do not have words. Yeah, no, I got nothing. With that, I'm closing this up. Uh, Mr. Death, do you have anything else you you want to say? Just this. Remember, it doesn't matter if you're a king or street sweeper. One day you will dance with the Reaper. So strive to live a life that brings you fulfillment, purpose, and genuine happiness. Cherish your loved ones, nurture meaningful relationships, and embrace the beauty of the world around you. Leave behind a legacy of kindness, compassion, and positive impact. When our paths eventually cross, let it be with the satisfaction of knowing that you live fully and authentically. Embrace the opportunities to create lasting memories, to make someone smile, and to lend a helping hand. Let your presence in this world be a source of light and joy until it is our time to share a dance. Wow. You just gotta be, you just gotta one-up me, don't you? Ah, kind of a dick. Alright guys, that's the, that's all I got for you for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, hopefully, you know, we can have Mr. Jeff come back and join us for maybe another conversation where he, he answers your questions. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, that's all I have for you today. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed, and don't forget to smash that subscribe button.